So have you voted yet? Have you voted early and often? Hello and greetings and welcome to the SCLO Library podcast. I'm David Pensick, Communications Manager for SCLO Center Region Library. We're in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And given this, given this episode is dropping uh, before Labor Day weekend, I am not talking about the midterm elections. That would be an entirely different podcast, and I don't know if it would be as much fun. Um, could be entertaining, but I'm talking about the Great American Read, and hopefully you've had a chance to uh, know what this is about. But um, if not, um, this is uh, something PBS did or has, is doing. They launched it in May. They have a list of 100 books, considered the, and they're trying to find what is the best love novel uh, in American history. And so they have a list of 100 books, and people, since the uh, since this launched in May, people have been able to vote online, and uh, they can continue to vote. And the, um, the series begins September 11th on PBS, locally here on uh, WPSU. And for, uh, for seven straight weeks, there will be shows about these books on the list. And it, it, uh, it ends up in the grand finale on October 23rd when the best love book as voted on by you and everyone who's gone online to vote uh, will be revealed. And as of, I guess it was mid-August, votes have topped 2 million. And some of the leading contenders so far, I guess, in the vote tally have included uh, 1984, Atlas Shrugged, The Color Purple, To Killing Mockingbird, Little Women, um, but you can go online and see what other books are there, and you can vote. Uh, there's some controversial books, as you'll hear about in my discussion I have. Uh, today, for today's podcast, I talked with uh, Maria Burchill, who is the head of adult services here at SCLO, and with Brady Clemens, who is the district library consultant. Uh, and we get into discussion about what they think about this list of 100 books that uh, PBS put together and I tried to get them to make a prediction. That was kind of tough, as you will hear. Um, but, you know, obviously some interesting thoughts about what, what is on this list, what books made the uh, great American read list. So I hope you enjoy my discussion with Maria and Brady as we get set for the great American read. So in May, PBS releases the great American read list, and you two both got your the list maybe in a little bit in advance on the down low what were your initial impressions when you saw the 100 books that were selected I think we were pretty surprised <laughs> yeah yeah um, the list is is really an interesting mix of classics that you'd expect but then a lot of the currently popular titles that given that it was a survey we should have expected, but it was still sure. surprising. Yeah. yeah. What um, What's surprised you the most? What books that maybe were in there that surprised you the most? Uh, the one that got tossed around was, was Fifty Shades. <laughs> I mean, that one was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, that's the indicative of its popularity. Yeah. You know, I mean, people really, really like that book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know. I think it broke records around here as far as reserves. Oh, really? I mean, hundreds of reserves. Yeah, it, when, when we were putting together the list of these titles to go up as a featured collection on our Overdrive site, um, I was really surprised that we actually had 13 copies of the first book, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, just as an indicator of how popular it was and how many copies we had to buy. And just sort of for reference, usually at most, even the most popular um, ebooks that we we end up purchasing, like All the Light We Cannot See, it ends up being four or five copies. So to have that many was just staggering. Mm. Yeah, Overdrive is the ebook platform. Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> but, but yeah, we don't normally have to buy that many, and I would say Fifty Shades was, was like, just, it, 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 it <laughs> that jumped off, stars, yeah. Right? And, and then it jumped off of the list at us when we saw it. Yeah. Like, wow. Well, and, and probably the other one that was surprising, just because we'd never heard of oh, it. Yeah, and it, yeah um, Dave Your Hunt's Mind Invaders. Hmm. Um, it wasn't anything that we were aware of when I looked on Amazon at the time. Maybe this has changed because it's been on the list. It was out of print. Uh, so that was very surprising. Mm-hmm. So it must have a bit of a cult following that we weren't really aware of. <laughs> yeah, it was challenging to get it, too, because I don't think our regular vendor had it mm-hmm. in stock. Mm-hmm. So. Are there books that are not on the list that you were surprised didn't make it? <laughs> yeah, I really expected to see Fahrenheit 451 or something by Ray Bradbury on yeah. the list. Yeah, I mean, we were really surprised. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that one seems to be a title that is a classic now, but it still has a popular following. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Especially now, um, it just became an, an HBO... Original series? Right. Or like that. Hmm. What about, I mean, I guess, uh, do you think... Now, Harry Potter was going to make it, but like you mentioned Fifty Shades of Grey. Is, mm-hmm. is the, just a, some of the ones that have been turned into movies, do you think that held an advantage because that gained even it gave, gave the book even more notice that it would make these lists with a panel or it might have yeah. um, but I think the tendency might be more that that if Hollywood sees a book that's selling really well like Ready Player One which also made the list right. then there's an incentive to turn it into a movie because they know there's a ready made audience for that content mm. I think a lot of these books have been on reading lists for decades, you know, probably about maybe four decades. Yeah. And 1984, um, Heart of Darkness, Hatchet, those are all books that we've, that I'm, I recognize from school reading Yeah, lists. you're reading, yeah. Um, you expect your kid to read this over the summer. Yeah. They're recognized classics Yeah. people just want their family to read. <laughs> Actually, something that did surprise me, but in a different way, I expected there would be something by Kurt Vonnegut. I didn't expect it would be Sirens of Titan. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be like um, one of his other better-known ones, like, yeah. like Slaughterhouse. Yeah. Well, um, in terms of maybe more for Maria, would you know? Have you noticed anything with patrons? I mean, summer um, summer reading had. Uh, the Great American Read as a quest. Have you noticed patrons getting involved a lot? Have a lot of 
I don't know if you can tell, I've a lot of people taken the Great American Read quest or did, took it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a pathway to extra entries into the submarine grand prizes. So mm. people are are taking that list. They were taking the list even before summer read, reading started mm. because they were interested in what was going on um, on PBS and just having um, the list to reference because, you know, you see it as a challenge. Yeah, to read on. Um on the show, the launch show that happened, uh, they had a lot of celebrities. They talk about what books that, that would introduce a book, one of the books on the list and why it had an impact. Um, maybe a question for you, too, is what book is there a book that made the most impact on you? Um, I don't know if there was one that has stood out to you throughout your whole lives. Oh, well, you're so nice about asking us how many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to narrow that. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one. one. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it, it really hard to pick just one Um, I think for me certainly Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a given given my reading interests and and demographic Um, but also The Grapes of Wrath is one that I've returned to at a couple different points Mm -hmm. as far as reading and rereading and I tend not to reread anything so for me to go back to a book has to be really good And like a lot of really great books, it means something different to you with each successive reading at different points in your life. Mm. Um, I think especially now, since the topic of immigration has come up again, uh, the story of a family of migrants, uh, not from a different country, but engaging in a really large mass migration internally from the Midwest of the Dust Bowl to California mm. and the treatment that they receive there uh, has the potential to say quite a lot in the current moment. Mm. Did you prep that? <laughs> 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 I'm like, dang! Yeah, yeah. I don't either. I was like, I like this. That's why. Was there one for you? I'm going to pick two. Two. And I'm just off the cuff. Right. Because there are a lot of books Mm. on here that I'd say had some serious impact on my life. Mm. But I'm going to pick Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland Mm. because it has, you know, um, appeal as I read it as a child. But then when I reread it and read it to my daughter, um, with annotations, mm-hmm. it took on a whole different aspect for me because it was—it's a very political book, you know. And if you're not—if you don't have those annotations or you don't weren't alive at the time that it was written, you know, those um, sort of subtleties get lost yeah. on on the reader. And so, you know, you've got to have those annotations. In there <laughs> Really <laughs> understand the whole context. Um, so Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and then The Picture of Dorian Gray. So oh, I'm a bit of an anglophile, right? Mm. I, I love British literature, mm. and so and I spent a lot of time reading it. And <laughs> Picture of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde. Awesome. <laughs> and I re- cool. I've reread it like you, oh, yeah. like you, you know, many, many times. And mm. each time, it's like, oh. <laughs> Um, some of the shows they're doing, uh, the first show is September 11th, and then some of the shows they're doing, one deals with heroes, one deals with villains. Um, what about characters? Are there either heroic characters that have stood out to you over the test of time or villains that, you know, that same thing stood out? Um, 
Um, in looking at the list of episodes and, and thinking about this a little bit, it's there's a real uh, scale of this. I mean, you have some more realistic uh, fiction where, like in um, Game of Thrones, where there are bad guys, but they have sympathetic aspects. <laughs> but really, the, the fantastic uh, reads on these, the sci-fi fantasy, is for me a place where it's much easier to see that hero-villain dichotomy. Mm-hmm. And it's especially pronounced in Lord of the Rings, in The Wheel of Time, um, even a little bit in the, the Dune series by mm-hmm. Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. You have very um, diametrically opposed camps uh, the band of heroes who are all good, or they're mostly good with some bad points, and then some manner of dark villain uh, like Lord Voldemort with almost no redeeming qualities who is trying to achieve complete dominion and crush individuality. Uh, so for me, that's sort of what stood out. Yeah. Heroes, villains. Yeah. Character. <laughs> I think that Brady's right, and there's a pretty good cross-section of, of realistic fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, there's some, th- there are thrillers in here, you know, and so there's a little bit to appeal, there's, there are characters in these books that will appeal to a wide variety of readers, right, you could pick any, you know, three mm-hmm. off the list and find, um, I think really uh, expressive characters, impactful mm-hmm. characters, people who are really going to make an impression on the reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe that's maybe that's one of those things, the qualities of this list that we we haven't really talked about yet is because we talked about the popularity of the books, but maybe it's the characters really mm-hmm. that have been have made such an impact on the readers and that's why they chose mm-hmm. yeah. um, so the plan is to have you two return after the last show airs because we're funny good. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> your expert knowledge and stuff press the record button <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I'd like to maybe get some predictions um, predictions yes yes I don't know um, well, I want to know first of all what you think sh- should what you think should win, what you maybe give me one or two or three that you think should win, and then maybe put your mindset into who's voting and what do you think is, if there's a difference of who do you think, what books you think will end up being mm-hmm. voted number one. Like, what, why will it be voted number one? Well, yeah, like, like, there might, like, what, if you, you yourself are just voting, okay, what would you oh, put okay. as number one? But then thinking about who, you know, the people, everyone who is voting on this. That it might not be the same as you. You know, what do you yeah, think is yeah, going to get yeah, the most yeah, votes? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. Because <laughs> there are a lot of books on here that I, I recognize as quality literature, mm-hmm. but aren't necessarily the books that I want to like reread over and over and over again. Like, right. You finish something, you're like, oh, it was so good, but I can never read that again because <laughs> it's such an investment. It's right. an emotional investment, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you, it sticks with you, and it will just stay with you for the rest of your life. So maybe you don't actually have to read it again. <laughs> but is it the best book on the list? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and best is so relative. It like really best is. how? I mean, you can't 
or at least for me, it's really hard to compare maybe Great Expectations where you know, Dickens is, I don't want to say he's the Patterson of the, the James Patterson of the Victorian era, but <laughs> I mean, he was a very popular writer. Mm. And, a serial Yes. And, um, you know, I'm sure that certainly people in his era who may have been still looking back and reading the Greek and Roman mm. authors and holding them up as the the bar of what good literature is would not have thought we'd still be reading him you know, 200 years later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we kind of scoff about uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, but we also don't really have much of a way of saying, well, this is the great literature of our day that people are still going to be rereading. Because even just to look back 50 years, you you had things like Peyton Place that were so popular and so well regarded at the time, and and no one reads Peyton Place anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, But to answer your question... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you don't want to put yourself oh, down. You don't want. You don't want this for poster that you're predicting. Yeah. 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 If Pride and Prejudice isn't the winner, I would be very surprised if it wasn't close to the end. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people who like it. There are people who seem to enjoy it who don't extend that interest and enjoyment to other so-called classic literature of the period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been adapted into a number of well-regarded film adaptations uh, yeah. so if it's if it doesn't make it at least close to the <laughs> top I would be very surprised think it's going to be British literature you know, it's really hard to say because I mean we certainly have some non-English mm-hmm. and non-American literature on here right but there's a pretty good split between the two mm-hmm. and so if we're looking at this strictly as well do we want it to be the great American read, as in written by an American right. or for an American audience? Then it's a different question than right. just right. And it would be a different list. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that I think that you know, Pride and Prejudice definitely has that following. And you look at you know since even the BBC version back in the seventies, you know mm-hmm. people people want to see it live. They want to see it recreated. They have their favorite Darcy, you know, and and I could see it winning, but compared to Jane Eyre, I mean, Jane Eyre has got like, I mean, you want to talk about heroes and villains, you know, there's definitely um, some incredible characters there. I mean, Pride and Prejudice also has villainous characters, but it doesn't have that same sort of, you know, It's more of a romance, obviously, than it is like a, a gothic tale. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, I'm, if, if Pride and Prejudice is going to win. Well, and an ultimate scenario I could see is that something like Harry Potter wins that's very popular, still maintains a very large mm-hmm. following. Yeah. So we'd see... Well, that's what I wonder is if the more recent book, because it's recent, would get mm-hmm. votes, but... This is, I don't know, we're dealing with... Well, it just hit their 20th anniversary, too. Yeah. So, I Because sometimes you see on these top lists that where people vote, they, if people don't have perspective, or don't, they'll vote mm-hmm. for which week. But mm-hmm. I, I think maybe the people who are voting on this seems like they would have perspectives and 
cl- you know, context and stuff. I'll be interested in seeing the distribution of points. The distribution, so, uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I want to know. I want to know how many points did, did this title get over that title? Yeah. Because I bet it's going to be close. Mm. <laughs> So we're but not answering. No, you're question. not answering. <laughs> so I can't say you're wrong. Yeah, so I can't say you're wrong when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be that will be interesting to see what happens. Um, so yeah, the first show airs September 11th, the fall kickoff, and then the finale is October 23rd, and that's when we'll see what gets voted. Um, anything else you guys would like to add about the? Uh, well, I mean, I think um, both of us as librarians were really excited for this chance to engage readers with some of these titles who might not have decided to explore them. Mm-hmm. The timing as far as pulling it into uh, the summer reading program was pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also enjoyed some of the partnership opportunities that this oh, yeah. is presented with uh, WPSU, our local NPR affiliate. Mm-hmm. Great. He's so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just invite him next time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. All right, well, <laughs> well, thank you, too, and we look forward to seeing how, well, you didn't really make predictions. I can't no. say I'm wrong, but <laughs> look forward to seeing what your thoughts are on on what, what, yeah, what was decided. Okay. All right, until then. All right, thanks, David. Yep, thanks, thank Steve. you. So what do you think? What do you think is the number one book on the Great American Read list? You can go to pbs.org. There are links there where you can vote. If, even if you voted already, you can vote again and, and make your selection. And then starting Tuesday, September 11th at 8 p.m. Uh, on, on PBS stations, WPSU here locally, it's the fall kickoff uh, episode. And then seven straight weeks leading to the October 23rd grand finale when we find out what the number one book that people selected and that will i'm sure make for some great debate discussion and like i said i'm hoping to have maria and brady on again get their thoughts on on what the ultimate uh, list what what people decided and then as for other things happening at the library if you are listening to this prior to labor day weekend just a reminder that the library is closed Labor Day weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, reopening at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. And then starting Sunday, September 9th, the library is open. We are open on Sundays again. We're back to our normal schedule, 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, we close on Sundays during the summer, but we're back to our normal schedule um, starting September 9th. And for um, we actually have a Meet the Authors event for a children's author, Brian Ray, who has a new book out, Unraveling Rose, and a couple other guests will be there uh, for this event. Uh, that'll be Sunday, September 9th. So check that out. All our events, uh, you know, skulllibrary.org, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our bi-monthly e-newsletter, uh, the September-October edition should be coming out uh, early September, and the fall calendars with our children's calendar, our adult's calendar, uh, PDF forms should be on our website, and the printed versions should be available. If they aren't, they will be soon at the library. So, and, and they'll take you to the rest of the year from September to December. So, and a lot of great stuff happening. And then, I know we'd like to promote one-time events, but don't forget about our 
our normal, usual services and activities here at the library. You know, the books, the e-audio books, the e-books. We continue to add to, to the collection. Canopy, if you haven't tried that out yet, it's just really cool. You get, uh, it's a, a free video streaming. With a library card, you get four free uh, video downloads a month. They have some great movies, some great TV series, great kids programs. So check that out if you haven't yet. And then, you know, we have clubs. We have the Go and Chess Club. We have uh, the Knitting Club, Comics Club, and, uh, and some book clubs. And actually, in September, some of the book clubs will be discussing No One is Coming to Save Us. That's the book by Stephanie Powell Watts. And if you hadn't heard, Stephanie Powell Watts will be visiting SCLO October 22nd. So it's a great time to maybe have a discussion of her book before getting a chance to, to see her and have her sign a book in October. So, again, check out our website, our social media, and the calendar events and all that. And hopefully you're li- enjoying the podcast. Another way to find out what's happening at SCLO. Let us know what you think. I know we're still in the early stages here where this is just the third episode. But hopefully you're enjoying it. And until next time, we will see you, hope to see you at SCLO Library.